Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the 28th episode of the Pirate Rugby Pod. After a great reaction to last week's pod, we're now approaching 800 YouTube subscribers. So a huge thank you to everyone for tuning in. If you like what we do, please like, share and subscribe. Comments also give us a big boost and we always respond to each one. Reviews also give us a massive boost. And if you're only here for Thistle Cat shorts, stick around. You might decide you like rugby too. A reminder that we now have a link tree, which you can find in the description box below. There will be links to all of our socials. So that's Twitter, TikTok, YouTube and Substack, on which we just hit 50 subscribers, which was our target last week. So thank you very much, everybody. Uh, all these platforms have grown a lot over the last few days. So make sure you don't miss out. We only need five more TikTok followers to reach the big 300. So please head over there and give us a follow. Uh, and if you do do that, you'll get all our short form video contents uh, and also Ender's weekly TV guide to set you up for the weekend's action ahead. Right. Now that we have that out of the way, we are delighted to welcome back Jay to the pod, who's with us this evening all the way from Bluntfontein. And a huge welcome to the host of the Rugby Scoop pod, Vila, otherwise known as Scoop. Lads, how are you both doing? Jade, oh, go good, ahead. good, good. I was waiting for you, Pilar. Good, good, guys. <laughs> thanks for being and thanks for inviting us. Yeah, uh, good, man. I just literally got back from the gym. Hence, I was like texting you guys, telling you, hey, man, I'm running five minutes late. But yeah, good that I made it on time. And nice to be here. Nice to join you guys as well and be on the receiving end for once. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Ender and I have in the past done a podcast with Scoop and Jade, uh, the Rugby Scoop podcast, which is a Twitter space, which you can join us at three o'clock every Sunday. And you, you can find it afterwards in, in the, all the normal podcast places. So international weather check. So Jade is joining us from Bloemfontein and apparently it's hot, damn hot in Bloemfontein. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. It's hot in the, in the office is hot as well. So <laughs> this is the... The most I can win, you know, to a pod this time at night is hot. <laughs> and Scoop is joining us. I think last might get us in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Scoop, you're joining us from Amsterdam? Yeah, um, based in uh, Amsterdam. Uh, originally, though, from South Africa, but uh, currently based aside working, refereeing, coaching, uh, and hosting podcasts, I guess. Good stuff. And what's the weather like in Amsterdam? Uh, what are we sitting on now? Oops, excuse me. Uh, eight degrees currently. Same as here. What about India? Yeah. What's it like in Dublin <laughs> at the moment? Same as here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same as well. Our international weather check isn't very international at the moment. Anyway, let's jump into our moment of the week. Ender, you can lead us off. 
Yeah, so mine is, I don't know if you, all of you guys have seen, but Dan McFarland did an interview uh, immediately after Ulster's loss to Ospreys last night. And it was the most negative kind of interview I've heard in quite a while. Like his his entire tone was was quite aggressive, I almost thought at times, or just like just the way he treated the interviewer and everything. And he essentially came out and blamed uh, two refereeing decisions on their loss. Um, which was just really disappointing, especially in the context of everything we've discussed on here. And, you know, we've all seen whistleblowers and all that. And we're trying not yeah. to go after referees as much, trying to give them all a chance. So I just thought that his reaction to that was just really poor. And just the way he interacted with the interviewer um, as well, I just thought was very poor. And he, he barely said thank you afterwards and just kind of walked off. But what but my actual moment of the week, though, was the reaction to that. Uh, and everybody, basically, um, every Ulster fan, former players and just rugby fans in general, have just come out um, and they've been really negative about him and about uh, McFarlane and the way he conducted himself. Because that's not the way you, you speak to somebody after um, a loss like that. And it's not the way you relate to fans or anything like that. It's it's not the way yeah. to go about things. Um, you take the responsibility on yourself and you talk about how you can improve. All that good <laughs> stuff. You don't go out and, and single out the ref and... Yeah, have that kind of tone. But obviously, like, it was a tough loss season. He's under an awful lot of pressure, to be fair to him. But, yeah, for me, it was great to see the rugby community kind of come out together in unison and just say, this is none. What about yourself, Hugh? Uh, so I've changed mine. Mine's not what I had in the notes. So uh, it goes with a bit of an apology to our listeners where the Friday Breakfast Show wasn't showing on Apple for 36 hours. It was on Spotify, but not showing on Apple Podcasts. And I messaged someone at Megaphone, said, what's the problem? They were like, don't know. And they said, you need to speak to Apple. Like, How the heck do I speak to Apple? It's only like yeah. the biggest company in the world. So I <laughs> sent the, I, got, I found an email address for podcasters and I emailed them. This was on Saturday and said, my podcast has been up for 36 hours and it's not showing on Apple. And I got an automatic reply saying, thank you for m- emailing us, blah, blah, blah. Um, in the meantime, the podcast started showing 36 hours late on Apple. And then I got an email 10 minutes ago saying, hi, Hugh, we checked and your podcast is showing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> cheers, Apple. Thanks for being here. So, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, well, uh, Scoop, anyway. what was your moment of the week? Uh, actually, it was news that I read uh, today, this morning, actually. Um hearing Jake White post-match uh, against the Lions over the weekend. So he was complaining to the journalists or the media houses out there that were doing, that were part of his uh, post-match interview, that there was no air conditioning uh, at Ellis Park during <laughs> halftime. I think, I, I don't know what how hot it was in Joburg over the weekend, but it was blazing hot and he was complaining that, hey, no one is writing, is writing a story about how hot it was in our changing room during halftime. Everyone is concerned about the result. But yeah, I found that quite funny. So I, I think I'd make that as my moment of the week, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I trust Rudolf Strauli to do something like that as well. Uh, he's the Lion CEO, by the way. Yeah, that's a, I think Sam Orbiton told a story about... I think it was 2015 World Cup at Twickenham that England cranked the heating in Wales' changing room. Ah, you see. It's all part of the game. It's all part so of it's the not game. the first one. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Anything to win, I guess, these days, huh? Yeah, exactly. 
What about you, Jay? Yeah, ach, I'll stick on topic today. Um, you know, we are discussing super rugby. So, DJ Perenara, after that horrific Achilles tendon snap that he had against England at Twickenham in 2022, end of the year, at the age of, well, what's he now, 32, 33, you know, making a comeback the weekend. I think it's really, you know, an achievement to get back on that, that level again. So that's my moment of the weekend. He played his first game in like 14 months the weekend. Nice. Nice. So as you say, we've got you two uh, on this pod because we are doing, uh, in a change from what we've been talking about in the last few weeks, a big preview on Super Rugby, which is back this weekend, which we're all very excited about. So... Yeah. Just you, you guys tell us. We're going to get straight into it. What's so great about Super Rugby? Why, why do you love it, and why do you think other people who don't watch it should love it? Wow. Well, Jade is starting with that, or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, uh, let's let's sell Super Rugby. You know, to everybody that's URC obsessed. The reason why I like Super Rugby is that it's for me. It's the gameplay, the flow of it, um, the intensity of the New Zealand derbies is unmatched. I mean, even as the weakest team, the Islanders, I mean, they front up against all of the teams, you know. And this season, they're going to be stronger than what they were last season because they've got a few talented youngsters there. Um, then, I mean, we've seen when we had COVID, um, the, the, the attraction that the Super Rugby got, the uh, Super Rugby at Tiwurua got when New Zealand started, you know, when everybody started to go back to games. It went and huge, didn't it? Huge, and it went huge. And, I mean, that is the intensity of the, the derbies that we expect, you know. Um, the the trips to, to Fiji, um, playing in that heat, you know, playing on those fields and those conditions, you know. Um, it's it's not easy to play there. It's uh, it's it's, it's unbelievable in terms of that. And then also, you you got to look at conditions when you go into Canberra and playing the Brumbies there because they're also nearly unbeatable in Canberra. It's cold. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's a different conditions there. So, if you got to look at it, you look at the New Zealand derbies, you're looking, yeah, everybody's saying, yeah, but it's one-sided because New Zealand teams tend to beat um, Australian teams, you know. Which is fair, can be in a recently, but I mean, the force is more than competitive in, in Perth. They, I mean, they're fronting up and they've got a strong team this year. We'll see a different Waratahs this year. Um, the red with less kiss there will be a little bit stronger. The Rebels, hopefully they can put their, you know, their walls behind them. But for me, growing up, watching Super Rugby, waking up in the morning, you know, South African time, watching New Zealand derbies, watching the African teams against you, what I grew up and what, what we were accustomed to. And the way they try to improve the game, you know, the way they try and, you know, promote ball in play. Because remember, Super Rugby's biggest competition, it's not so much URC. It's not so much, you know, top 14. It's the NRL. That is their biggest competition to get bums on seats, you know, in Australia. And, and not so much in New Zealand, but in Australia. So that's the big competition. So that's the, in terms of entertainment, that's where they're looking at. They're trying to get the game flowing, um, you know, keeping ball in play, you know, coming up with new rules and regulations. So, yeah, that's for me, Super Rugby. It's entertainment, it's blockbuster, and you do get, you know, your old traditional derbies as well. Yeah. Thank you. Summed it up. I don't have to say anything, clearly. <laughs> okay, so no, Scoop, what do, what do you say to the to the haters? What do you say to people who are like, oh, Super Rugby, the score lines are crazy. Uh, it's just defense is optional. Forward passes are allowed. <laughs> uh, I think 
I think for me, what I've noticed is that the French top 14 has basically taken the template of Super Rugby and tried to implement it in their rugby in terms of excitement, in terms of running rugby, in terms of uh, innovation, um, just from a <clears throat> analytic sense of things. But for people that hate, I mean, I, I don't have much to say, to be honest. Uh, for me, I think to each their own. Uh, but for me personally, Super Rugby will always be about innovation, history. It'll always be about traveling okay south africa now is no longer involved argentina is also no longer involved but the historical element of that is when you move a hundred a thousand kilometers away from home uh flying to sa ten ten thousand rather uh flying to south africa playing in the high felt traveling back you stop your pit stop in australia playing against force in perth which is also quite uh a daunting task right and from there you'll fly back to auckland and or you'll fly back to christchurch minus i don't know minus one minus two degrees so i mean it's those challenges that you overcome the travel um uh, different environment and the challenge of stepping up the challenge of showing that you can do it in in different conditions in different countries at the same time so that was always the exciting part. Obviously, Jade mentioned the waking up at 4 a.m. back in the days. I mean, talking back in 1996, 1997, uh, I remember my old man used to wake us up watching Auckland Blues in 1996 at 4 a.m. play against the Sharks, the Gary Teichmans of this world, the Henry Honeyballs of this world, you know, uh, Cabos van der Vest days and those guys, Mark Andrews. And you grow up with that tradition of waking up early in the morning and you get used to it, you get comfortable and, I mean, you fall in love with it. And also the fact that you always get your next superstar, the next generational player coming out of those, coming out of that, of this competition as well. Uh, we've seen, obviously, the Carters, the the McCaws uh, coming into the tournament at the age 19, 20 uh and to see how much they have achieved over the years but those elements those things it's not like it's not happening elsewhere but that's what we've come to know know over the over the time over the years and you just stuck with it you know and i'm always ex i think i think now with super rugby pacific it's a different tournament with different countries Fiji is involved, which is good for development. Uh, Moana South Pacifica is involved, which is very good for development of rugby all around. <laughs> A nice jersey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those things now, I think with those countries involved, this helps rugby in those regions develop. And who knows, within the next year or two from now, because they've been part of it now for what, since 2021, I think, so now in the next year or two, we should see a lot of guys maybe coming back from the likes of your French top 14s coming to play for their country. We should see uh, rugby championship expanding, Japan in there, Fiji in there. Um, yeah, and a lot of, and maybe some clubs from Japan joining as well, because we saw cross-border coming through and some excitement from some of the teams in Japan beating the likes of yeah, the Chiefs, for example. So... Yeah. 
it's exciting to think about what is coming next in the future. But for now, I mean, it's still about the innovation element, the exciting rugby, the running rugby. Yeah, I mean, defense is relative, right, <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm hoping to see the next generation stars uh, this year. So the guys that will probably represent the All Blacks in the next 10 years uh, coming through in this year's tournament. Also excited to see Australian teams actually improving with the likes of uh, Joe Schmidt getting involved. Maybe he will have some ingredients within the Bumbies, some ingredients within the Reds, some ingredients within the Waratahs, you know, to try and create maybe some way or path of playing a similar type of rugby, but not the same. But yeah, something that is more jointed for the future of Australian rugby, I think. So yeah, that's my take from on Super Rugby. And then maybe to, just getting into like let's let's go through it maybe country by country, starting off with with New Zealand in terms of their franchises. Obviously, the the reigning champions, the Crusaders, have gone through an awful lot of change. We know that Razor's now in charge of the All Blacks. Jade, like, would you be able to take us through maybe their chances this year? Like, are they the team to beat? Um, what's their new coaching ticket looking like? I know it's Rob Penny now, who used to be the coach of Munster. Then I know we spent a lot of time in Japan. So what, what are your expectations, kind of Crusaders? And do you think that they'll go all the way this season? Look, Crusaders, you can never write them off, right? I mean, we just broke the news that um, before the show that, well, Jordan's out for the whole Super Rugby tournament. So that's a big loss for them because, I mean, I think Lee Offpenny is also gone for a few yeah, back injury. games. And then I think Ethan Blackhead is another one who's only back in April. They I think. lost a load of players to Japan. They lost, well. Yeah, and they lost a load of players to Japan. But if you're looking at the tight five and who they have, I mean, they have... The Mighty Williams, they have um, Fletcher Newell, uh, who are you know, one of the two of the upcoming props in world rugby. And then they have George Bauer, they have Joe Moody, both all black loose heads, and they have undercap all black in Owen Franks over there as well. And that's the props. So how many scrum penalties are you going to get from that game? So what, you know, from that back alone, you know. So automatically that gives you a platform. Um, if you're looking at where, where else they're strong is, okay, they lost Whitelock, but I mean, they have um, Quentin Strange, they have um, Scooter Barrett there, um, Kail, uh, who's up-and-coming lock, you know, and then they have Gardner and Gallagher, uh, both can play lock or flank. I mean, they they, they saw, I mean, we've seen them against Island A, a few years ago, and I'm sure you've seen them in their pop, New Zealand Barbarians team they played there. So they have a good, they, they have a solid pack, you know. They didn't lose much in the pack. I mean, I think it's only Cody Taylor's on a sabbatical until April, I think, then he's back. And then Sam Whitelock, obviously, that they lost. But they're getting Cullen Grace back and all of those guys back. So they, they're strong up front. Their backline is a problem. I mean, losing Richie Mwanga, who arguably many right as the greatest super rugby player of all time, you know, that they picked the way wow. he. Yeah, many write him as that. Eh? Many say that, you know, he's been, he's won, what, seven on the trot? Or was it five or seven? on? His, but that is one on the trot. So uh, they write him as, in New Zealand, they do write him as the greatest super rugby player of all time. So they're saying that they're losing their driver. But I mean, they have um, Tehe Kamara, a young, he played in the 20s last year, very good, um, solid um, first five. And then one to watch out in that team this year too, actually. Uh, Noah Otham, number nine, very, very educated number nine. You know, um, it reminds me so much of us, African number nine. Um, you know, very good in the boot decision making. Um, you know, similar to 
um, what South Africa has at nine. And then obviously the big acquisition they have there of Liva Amua, who played for Moana Pacifica yes. last year. Yeah. He has his eye on the all-black jersey at center. He's blockbuster. Um, he's the one. His, his stats, he's, he's, his stats has been unbelievable. And, I mean, if he's there, you know, um, they were, they would have really Dallas McLeod in around him. they still got Sebu Reese there, Maka Springer, you know, they can – Still, they, they're still a very, very strong team. I wouldn't say they're favourites. For me, the two favourites this year would be the Chiefs and the Blues. I think those two are, but the Crusaders will be there and there about definitely this season. Yeah. And will the Highlanders be improved? Maybe, like, what do you think? Definitely. Um, I think, Maybe yeah, with the Highlanders, I've, I've noted uh, some improvements. Obviously, they've got a very young team in there. Uh, but the, the, the most the positive thing for me about the Highlanders this season is that Jamie Joseph is back. Uh, with Jamie Joseph there, I think also bringing that international experience back into the, into the region is going to be invaluable. Um, they've got a few youngsters that are in there currently. It's like, almost like a no-name team. And I also listened to Jeff Wilson in the in the in the breakdown on Sunday talk about how much that this team won't have any pressure of trying to win the competition, but they will have the freedom of expressing themselves each game they play. And I thought about that because a lot a lot of young a lot of uh, young teams tend to do that. Um, so you wish we should see Highlanders there thereabout. But I'll be very, I'll be very surprised if they make the playoffs. But I think they will be, yeah, they will be contenders to some degree, especially against the teams outside of New Zealand. Uh, with the Derbies, they might struggle uh, with the New Zealand Derbies. But as as soon as they start playing, maybe some Australian teams, the Reds, uh, Melbourne Rebels, um, the Force, even though Force will be very difficult to play in Perth. Um, and then, yeah, Fiji will be tough away, definitely, uh, Drua. Um, once, yeah, once they start playing against some of the Aussie sides, Moana Pacifica, they could, they had, they stand in with a chance. Uh, I haven't familiarized myself with a lot of names that are there, besides obviously the halfback, uh, Fakatava, but, um, just basically reading and watch and watching some highlights on the current setup. Uh, I think they've got they stand in with a good chance uh, with the youngsters that they have in the in their group. And yeah, another one have, of their signings. Have. Sorry, we might be about to say the same thing. So they've signed yeah. another former Pacifica guy, Tavatava Nawai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell us about this guy. Tamuki Tavatavanawa. I just put a tweet about him this morning. He's blockbuster. He's in the Sevivatu, Joe Rokothoko moles, you know, those traditional Fijian wingers, hard runners. He looks for work. He's powerful. I don't know if his aerial game is up there, but he's there. And they get Jonah Nareki back this season. He was out last, the whole of last season. You know, he's another blockbuster winger that they have on the left wing. So um, they get two solid wingers back. Um, one to watch out, two players to watch out in that team is the fly-off Cam Miller. Um, unfortunately, you didn't get to see him under 20 because there was no World Cup that year. But apparently, a lot of people say that that under 20 team New Zealand had with um, Cam Miller, um, Gardner, all of those guys in that team was quite a strong team. Um, and Cam Miller was the main player there. And then the lock, Fabian Holland, is another one you should keep an eye on. Uh, he's yeah. not yet eligible to play for New Zealand. Uh, that's what Razor said. Um, so if Razor said he's not yet eligible, so obviously he has his eyes on him. He's in radar, yeah. <laughs> 
he's in the radar, radar. <laughs> so he's in his radar and yeah that's 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 do and then obviously you know you have your, your forwards your um Ethan the Groot um and then um your your Walker, uh Taylor and other Bell um that they have there as well. You know they have, they have a decent young pack. Um they can surprise but I mean I think for Jamie Joseph was just to get an imprint on this team this year, make the playoffs, I think that's their goal. And one or two derbies. They haven't won a derby in two years, I think. Right. I'm not mistaken. So that's how bad they've been. So let's take the other three then all at once. So the, whether it's the Hurricanes, the Chiefs or the Blues, they all feel like they've been the nearly men over the last hmm. few years. Like they, they can look good in the main part of the season and then it comes to crunch time and the Crusaders just pull away. Scoop, is that fair? And do you see any of them... Yeah, I think, I mean, with that, I'll, I'll, I mean, looking at the Hurricanes already, uh, having lost uh, Artie, um, that's a big loss. Having lost Artie's brother as well, who's gone to Moana Pacifica now, uh, yeah. Julian Sevilla. So, yeah, I think with the Hurricanes, I mean, a decade ago, they were pretty solid uh, in terms of experience, in terms of leadership. Uh, but obviously, post-COVID or post-2029 or 2019, they really lost a bit of momentum uh, in that sense. Looking at them now, and also they've lost their coach. In, in He's gone into the all-black setup now. Uh, Holland, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, with the, I mean, there's a lot of players that need to step up now. Obviously, TJ Peronara comes back uh, maybe to create a bit of stability in the leadership element. But there's guys like Duplessis, Karifi, who are there. Uh, I think now is the time for him to kind of step up as well as a as an open side flanker. There's the young kid who also played for the under 20s last year uh, as a loose as a loose forward. Peter Lakai. Got, yeah, Lakai, Peter Lakai, and there's a former English uh, loose forward. He played Brad for the Shields. Hurricanes. Brett Shields, yes. Brett Shields is also back, which is good because I think captain. for. Yeah, which I think for them is very important because then he brings in that international experience. It brings in a bit of leadership and seniority within the group. But I think they'll be lacking a lot of seniority or senior players. Uh, hence, I'm saying now they need these other guys that I mentioned to kind of step up for them. Um, they've got Brody Barrett, but I mean, who is he worth in the back line? Uh, I haven't really looked at their squad uh, in terms of who they really have in terms of seniority. But, I mean, I'm looking at a player like Ruben Love who needs to really step up this season as a fly-off or 15. I don't know which position he'll be in because now there's an open spot for number 10, for the black jersey. And there's a lot of fly-offs who need to really put their hand up. If Ruben Love is playing uh, first five, Perofeta, first five, and then the kid at, at Highlanders, you just mentioned, Jade as well, at 10. Um, and then maybe in Crusaders, you have uh, uh, Bruce Rehana's kid as well. Fergus um, Berg is also there. Fergus Berg. Fergus also Berg, there. but Fergus Berg also is 10-15 as well. So, yeah. I mean, these New Zealand likes to do this, uh, which is probably annoying as well. They don't really put players into one position. You get, you tend to be thrown around. You can even be a, at wing sometimes, you know. So wing, first center, second center, 10, 15, until, they, until, you, until maybe two or three seasons, then you go into your original position. Uh, but yeah, I really want, for me, what I want to see in this season is all these 10s from all these uh, other franchises stepping up. Uh, all of them putting their hand up and showing Razor what they've got. 
uh, calmness under pressure. And Reza spoke about uh, the boot, how important kicking is in the in the breakdown uh, podcast as well. So I mean, I want to see these guys being able to kick, having a 90% uh, kicking accuracy for poles, mm-hmm. um, dictating play, having managing where the game is played, kick. How well they good, how well they kick for real estate uh, during games is also quite important. So yeah, for me, you know, with the Hurricanes, yeah, stability, seniority, and maybe a fly-off who's going to really uh, give direction to that uh, Hurricanes pack. That's a pretty good overview of, of the New Zealand teams, but maybe do you guys want to move on to the Australian side? And I think the only place we should really start is maybe just the Melbourne Rebels and, and this, the <laughs> ongoing situation there. It sounds like, yeah, they're in a bit of trouble, but it sounds like the season's going to go ahead. They're going to, yeah, I think hasn't Rugby Australia stepped in to support the team and ensure that they're able to to complete the tournament. So do you know? Do you guys know what the latest update on this is? Yeah, I saw that tickets went on sale for the Rebels Brumbies today. Um, so it looks like you know they're going ahead, yeah. uh, which is good. I mean, if you look at the Rebels players, they have the. I mean, they brought back that um, Rob Leota that they brought back from from France, and he's the captain. They've got Tongan Thor there that they just signed now. Um, they're sitting with Carter uh, Gordon. Uh, uh, that's the you know the flower um, that played last year for Australia. So if you look at all of those guys, I mean, all of those talent that is there, I mean, be, if that union goes into administration, I mean, it would be sad, you know. But then again, if you're looking at what Melbourne itself, the city of Melbourne itself is competing against, I mean, that sport itself, I think there's like, I read an article, like 21 or 22 professional sport codes in Melbourne. So it's difficult for the Rebels you know, to compete. To compete. To compare, I mean, there's um, league, AFL, I mean, there's football, everything is going on mm. around there. So it's, it's very difficult for them, you know. And, I mean, what does it cost them to maintain the, the MI Stadium in, uh, what's it now, the Marvel Stadium, I don't know whatever they call it now, but, I mean, that big stadium <laughs> they got in Melbourne. <laughs> I mean, they, they're trying to push, and I think they have the Super Round there next weekend where all the teams play there. So let's hope this kicks their season. Let's hope they pre- beat the Brumbies on Friday, they play. Let's hope they beat the Brumbies. And, you know, just turn the season around. I mean, it happened with the Stormers. The Stormers was basically almost in close to administration. And I mean, they, they turned their season around. So let's hope so. Because I read an article that said that for Australia to get the 2027 World Cup, they had to maintain five um, professional franchises in Super Rugby. Oh. That was, that's what the government wants because they believe in mass participation. Yeah. So oh. that was the agreement. So, yeah, that is why they're pushing... Australian Rugby Union was pushing so hard for the Rebels, basically, because the force, I mean, the force got their fan base in Perth. I mean, they get a, a good support every week. Um, the Brumbies are solid in Canberra. You're never going to take the Rebels or, I mean, the Reds or the Waratahs away. So, yeah, uh, they need to have the, uh, the five franchises to get that 2027 World Cup. That was the agreement to be made to the government. So Scoop, you reacted there when Jade said maybe the, they'll beat the Brumbies. You don't think that's going to happen? No. The Brumbies going to be the strongest Australian team again? Uh, they they Brumby, really got I mean, the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brumbies, I mean, you look at their history, right? Um, starting off, okay, from my perspective, since I started watching them with uh, the Larkhams and the Gregans in the late 90s, and then Which Eddie Jones, Jones coming in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nusafora was there as well during that era. Um, 
I mean, they've, I, they've, I mean, they've taken over. They took over from the Reds because Reds were the were the dominant side in, earlier in the nineties uh, with the John Eels and the Kearnsies of this world. Uh, but then the Brumbies made themselves that uh, main Australian team. They even had Jake White uh, in, back in 2012, I think, or 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake White was there. And I think they might have promised Jake White that he could have been the next Aust- Wallabies coach if it stayed another season or something like that. But obviously there was disputes there, uh, back backroom stuff. Um, with the Brumbies, I mean, I'm always confident the Brumbies will always be in the playoffs uh, and being the only Australian team in the playoffs every season. The Waratahs are second best Australian team for me. Um, And then it's a battle. Uh, It's a battle of the pigs in the mud (laughs) with the Reds, with the Force and the Rebels. Because the Rebels... I mean, the Reds in particular, it felt like they were getting absolutely smashed that season. Yeah, I mean, they started off well, actually, under Thorn, and then they kind of lost it. And then you had the O'Connors that were injury-prone throughout the season, so they kind of lacked a bit of leadership in that sense as well. Uh, who's this kid who plays eighth man as well for the Australian team? Uh, Wilson. Wilson, Wilson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilson. I, yeah. Yeah, Harry Wilson as well. You know, he's also on and off um, because I think... Had they literally had a team that was injury-free, okay, not injury-free, which is kind of impossible, but if they had a team that was like constantly coming out week in, week out, there could have been a bit of stability. Uh, but with a lot of injuries that come in, I mean, it was tough for for Ruben Thorne to to literally, Bad. I mean, get get <laughs> continuity within that team, you know. But obviously, let's see what. Uh, the new coach can do now with the Reds. Um, I don't know where O'Connor is. Is he still around for this season? If he's back, so. yeah, they need him at 10. Um, I mean, a lot of teams in Super Rugby, for me personally, with a lot of old heads having left or retired, now there's a new generation coming through. Um, now is a lot of 10s that need to come in, halfbacks as well, involved in that group. So there's a lot of 10s that can put their hand ups. Uh, there's a lot of nines that need to put their hand up as well, uh, be it New Zealand, be it uh, in Australia as well. So, I mean, yeah, Australian teams. I mean, what the 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 Brumbies had uh, Noah right, uh, but Noah went to France for a bit. Leo Sio, yes, yeah, and then he played back. Is long. he back now he's to Brumbies back. for the season? He's back. Okay, he's back. so he's also a youngster who was also mm. dropped by Eddie Jones. Uh, hopefully, he's past that and now wants to focus on basically going back into the Brumbies after this uh, this Super Rugby season. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that going on currently when I look at the overall perspective of Super Rugby. But in an Australian case, they need a good 10. And obviously the Rebels boy is there, but he also needs to have another good season this year as well. Mm. So he needs to show some momentum, show, show some growth, so show some um, maturity as well. Um, yeah, so for me, from an Australian perspective, if I can see the Brumbies, Waratahs, maybe Reds or Force perform well, that will bode well for uh, for Joe Schmidt uh, uh, selecting his uh, his next uh, Wallaby squad as well. And also, it'll it'll strengthen the competition in terms of competitiveness. Uh, when teams travel to Australia, they must know that they need to really show up uh, because I mean. 
yeah, people think it's too easy for New Zealand teams, but I think it's quite difficult. Those first 20 or that first half an hour is really tough until obviously they break through after 30 minutes or 40 minutes or even 60 minutes. Uh, maybe sometimes the scoreline is not a very good true reflection of what transpired on the park. Yeah, the number of times I've seen a New Zealand team play an Australian team and the Australian teams are maybe winning at half time. And then yeah. it's, it's almost like the New Zealanders go, OK, we're going to start trying now. And then it's like 30, 40 points. <laughs> it's turn of a ball. Turn of a ball. You, if you look at where the tries come from, it's a lot of, um, you know, um, unforced errors that they make and New Zealand teams punish them. You know, all the years they punish them from there and there's two quick trials they'll score and then the game's a blowout. So that's the problem. But you want to add something to what Scoop said there. He mentioned that, you know, nines and tens. I can give you a few guys to watch out for this year as we're wrapping up Australia. Um, at the force, they have Nick White there now and Ben Donaldson that they brought in from the Waratahs. And they've also got Atu Molly. I don't know if you remember him, but he yeah. was the guy that they replaced. Um, he made the New Zealand 2015 uh, World Cup squad ahead of Owen Franks. And he's, they got him in there now. And they've got a few, you know, journeymen from New Zealand over there. So that's it's actually, you know, the force. Watch out for the team. I think they they can challenge the Tars for the second spot yep. in Australia. I think the Brumbies will end one. But at the Reds and at the Waratahs, there's actually two familiar names that's there. We have Michael Alina's youngest son. He plays fly-off for the Reds. Watch out for him. He's actually a talent. And then we have David Wilson, who was a former Australian and Brumbies captain as well, a yeah. flanker. His son, Harry Wilson, plays nine for the Waratahs. Also a talent. And then obviously, have a look out for the junior two below two, the younger brother of Dupelo to their place for uh, for Scotland. He's, ah. he's in the water to sit up as well. So, yeah. So you have a look out for, for those names, you know. Uh, so there's a few names I'm giving you there. And then obviously, um, if you're looking at the Rebels, a big one that's back there as well is uh, Matt Proctor, a former All Black. He's yeah. back at centre at the Rebels. So, so big name signing the Rebels, mate. I can't understand, you know, with all the administration problems that they have. So there's a few a few names there in Australia to watch out for. And remember, Australia didn't have a bad under 20 squad last year. They weren't that bad. They weren't bad, you know. I mean, look at the conditions they played in. Yeah, Very, they beat Wales uh, heavy the underfoot. They beat Wales in the playoff. They beat New Zealand as well. So, um, heavy underfoot conditions. And so I'm really thinking, you know, that they might have, you might see a few younger faces in this Australian team this year, uh, in the Australian squads this year, that, you know, we might become household names in the future. Yeah, Proctor is the other guy who was at uh, Hurricanes. Yeah, at Hurricanes. Yes, yeah. yes, His yes, brother's yes, still there. Oh, okay, fair enough. And maybe just to, to wrap up on, on the Australian teams, like can an Australian team go the whole way this season? Or do you guys maybe expect the, the Brumbies to make the playoffs again, but not make it to the final or, or to win it? What do you think, only way, Only way they can win it is by somehow, you don't have a runaway New Zealand team like you normally had with the Crusaders or the Chiefs. And the log is compact. Uh, and then you get the Brumbies that wins in stop of the lock because they win all the Australian derbies, you know, and they win their games at home, so they're in on top, and then they get a home semi, home quarter, home final. That's the only way they can win it, you know. If a New Zealand teams really like the Blues and the Chiefs and the Crusade and the Canes start to knock off each other and take a lot of points from each other, no runaway, you know, leaders of the lock. I think so. That's the only way they can. And then, I don't want to say this, but if Nick Berry also, you know, if he officiates a few Australian games as well, there's a lot of 50-50s that tend to go his way as well, you know. Sorry for saying that, but I mean, it's also there with Australia. But yeah, um, so that's also one that um, can, can go that way. But I'm thinking 
Brumbies New Zealand on top to win this. Okay. Cool. Right. Let's talk about the exciting teams of the league, the, the relatively new ones, and uh, one that team that we kind of made our name here on the Pirate Rugby talking about, Fijian Drua. They uh, feel like they're going from strength to strength. Uh, it's one of the most exciting developments, I think, in world rugby in the last maybe this century, the the implementation of this professional Fijian side playing in Super Rugby. Yeah. Scoop, how good can the Drua be this season? Do you expect to see them improve at the same rate they did last season? Well, they've kept a majority of the team from uh, last season and majority of those players also played in the World Cup last year, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, bringing back now that experience, for me, Drua will be difficult at home uh, for any for any team, be it Australian, be it New Zealand. I mean, you saw what they did. <laughs> I mean, those games were at 4 a.m., I think. And I, I think the one game I distinctively remember going, telling myself that, okay, I'm not going to watch Crusaders and Fiji, um, uh, Fiji Drua. Crusaders are taking this. And then waking up at 7 a.m. with the result. And I'm like, no ways. I need to watch this game, you know. And then from that moment onwards, they really had my attention. And I thought, okay, maybe this, this is there's something special brewing in uh, in Fiji currently. So bringing that momentum into this season will be very crucial. And for me, one of the most important parts is they need to start winning away. They need to start winning in New Zealand. They need to start winning in Australia. So in if they can start doing those, if they can start doing that, or even if they're not really winning against the New Zealand sides, but bring it within a score, five points, three yeah. points, seven points. Uh, in that way, you can start building the confidence of, okay, we lost by one point. I mean, we lost by one point. We lost within a score. That creates That creates a bit of positivity. That creates a bit of... A different attitude in terms of how how you you went out there and expressed yourself and performed against New Zealand teams in New Zealand, which is probably the most difficult thing for any team from anywhere to 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 actually do. So for me, I want to see them perform away from home and get some W's away from home. Yes, maybe one or two they got in Australia. Surprise, surprise. But I mean. I want to see them do it against New Zealand teams now, and uh, that'll bode well for their international season as well uh, going forward. So yeah, Fiji Drua, they will do well. They would be, they will be a mid-table team, but I mean, if they crack it in within the top eight, that'll be amazing. If they crack it, if they make playoffs, that'll be incredible for for them this season. I'm sure uh, within their coaching structures, there's targets. And looking at the at the setup or looking at their fixtures, they've probably targeted one or two teams from New Zealand and one or two teams from Australia to actually and then basically put a target on uh, for themselves at home to probably try not to lose any games at home. So if they do that, then yeah, maybe they tick a lot of boxes and it uh, probably helps them. And yeah, in terms of uh, this year's competition. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
And what about Moana Pacifica, Jade? How do you think they're going to do this season? You know, I still think Moana Pacifica is unfairly judged because they play in a tough pool. So they play all New yeah. Zealand teams home and away. You know, I think if they played in the Australian pool, they would have gotten more, a few more Ws. Um, I really think that for them it's difficult because, I mean, with Fiji, you know, the whole Fiji development, everything happening in with Fiji, you know, pumping money into into that region. With the Moana Pacifica team, it's more like New Zealand's sixth team, you know. It's more like the, or a lot of these guys play um, rugby in the... The two like, best uh, players have gone to New Zealand franchises. Yeah, the two yeah. best players have gone to New Zealand, but I mean, it's like New Zealand's sixth team with uh, a lot of these players, they play in Bunnings MPC for whether it's for counties or for, yeah. you know, Tasman. they play there, they roam around there, you know. So mm. it's difficult to say that. For them this season, I would like to see them slowly move out of Auckland and to Samoa or to Tonga, you know, and base, get based there. Until they do that, they'll be much, much more stronger. But looking at who they got, I mean, it's more or less the same players last year. I see they got Nigel A. Wong also back this year. Julian Savia is there, um, back there this year. They still got Christian Lele Ofanu there. So it's more or less the same players, you know, there. But for them, they tend to get close in games. I mean, they beat the Hurricanes once, but they tend to get close in games. Last year, they ran the Blues short, but then the last five minutes, they played with 13 men. You get what I'm saying? So their discipline yeah. is the problem, you know. If they can sort that out, I mean, they ran the Brumby short, uh, close last year, and also last five, ten minutes, they, they were on the field 13 men, and that, that's that's their big problem, you know. But, I mean, guys like Miracle, Fayolangi, um, Nigel Wong, Danny Tuala, um, I think William Avili is still there as yep. well, if I'm not mistaken. Those guys, I mean, they, they, they did well in the World Cup, so they can push in and cause, but cause a mistake, but because they play in a difficult pool, they play in a New Zealand pool, it's very difficult for them to to actually you know get eye up the log. Yeah, and they've got new coaches there as well. So they've got uh, Tana Umaga is is the head yeah. coach now, and they've yeah. got Stephen yeah. Jones as well, who's former Wales fly yeah. half. He was Scarlet's attack coach when we won the Pro 12. So yeah. I don't know. Do we think that's <laughs> going to make much of a? You're laughing. At? Do you think this is going to make much of an impact on them? It should uh, make. Garland. It should make. It should make a difference, you know, because, I mean, um, the last year they had Aaron Major, nothing against Aaron Major. I think he punched above his weight, but I don't think he understands the culture of that team as Daniel Munga does, you know. So that's maybe with a difference coming. Hmm. It's going to be tough for Tana, though, I think. I, I mean, his coaching record, he was, what, at, Le- at Leicester uh, before and then moved down to New Zealand or the under-20s with Razor at some point. Mm-hmm. And then and the, the blues, blues at some point as well. He's coaching Tonga at the World Cup, I think. Samoa. He was, Samoa, he was with Samoa. Defense, yeah, yeah. defense coach, yeah. Okay. Yeah, then he's, he, I think he's probably familiar now uh, since he was with Samoa. So he should be familiar with the players. Because, I, I mean, thinking about this whole player coaching situation, um, listening to what uh, Plumtree, John Plumtree said, in his post-match uh, against the Stormers this weekend, that he was not used to the players, or he hasn't been used to the players, he didn't know the players, or he doesn't know the players, and how important that is uh, for now, for him this season, right? So Tana probably in the same boat now, starting off with a new club. So it's about understanding the players for any mm-hmm. coach and understanding what those players can do for you as well. Um yeah, I think those are very important details that we maybe underestimate into this coaching uh, thing as well. Oh, so before we go on and talk about how 
people at home can watch Super Rugby up in the Northern Hemisphere this year. Let's do our table predictions. So we're not going to predict a full table. I'm going to share my screen, guys, so shout when you can see it. Um, so we're not going to predict a full table, but we're going to group the teams in the tier list. So let's get straight on with it. Uh, they're not in any particular order, so let's go Blues first. So the, the categories are title contenders, playoffs, battling for eighth, falling short, or just making up the numbers. That might be a bit of a harsh one. I might rename that one. <laughs> let's go Total Blues contenders. first. What do we reckon then? Where Total are they? contenders. Where are they? Title contenders. Yeah. Definitely. They're going to win it this year. That's my team. Title contenders. <laughs> you agree, Steve? Yeah, I think, I mean, Vern Carter is, uh, is a guy that's been around. Uh, he's done it before. Um, he's coached internationally. And I think he's bringing in a different culture uh, into this team. They've had young coaches. Uh, not to say, uh, what's his name on the breakdown is a young coach, but they've had young coaches in the past. But now I think Vern Carter, with the experience that he brings in and the seniority that he brings in, kind of reminds me of Ted as well mm-hmm. uh, when Ted was at the Blues. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think Vern Carter will do will bring in something special within this Blues team. Yeah. Cool. And the Crusaders then title contenders as well. Yeah. Have to be. Yeah. yeah. Have always. to be. Been there, done that. Always. <laughs> always. Hurricanes. We're doing all the New Zealand teams first. Hurricanes. Uh, Battling for eighth for me. Nah, playoffs scoop. Playoffs. I think they they'll make the playoffs. So put it in the in the middle there. Uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. think playoffs. Playoffs. Okay, let's change it up. Let's go to. I think this is Waratahs. This one. Playoffs. Battling for it. Playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they play a lot of Australian derbies. I think playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, playoffs. Playoffs. Definitely. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the Rebels, the team of the moment. Oi. No, fall short, falling fall short. short. Yeah, fall short, definitely falling short. Okay, let's go. They'll back. start off well, but they'll fall short. Mm. Let's go for the Drua next. I think falling short as well for Drua. I think so. Oh, it's a I tough one, several. but I would love for them to make it to the playoffs. But I think I, at the think back end the of the season, back end of the season is the toughest because you're either traveling a lot or you're playing some New Zealand teams. Before you go into think, the playoffs, so with, yeah, for me, I think they're falling short. They will be they there, there about, but then back end of the season they start trickling down. I think battling uh, for eight. JG, disagree. Go ahead. Battling for eight, <laughs> but I think they 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 they're gonna win at least five six home games. Scoop. I mean, it's it's not easy to play in Seville. So I think yeah, that that takes you what to sixteen points. Yeah. Yeah, and then I mean the Aussie game, yeah, there you can win. I think I think they'll get about twenty-five points there, about, and you can get up with eight. Ooh, yeah, a, I think that's so. That's a lot of points. I think so. I think last year they made. I think they'll be there, battling for eight. And and uh, you you have the casting vote. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go battling for eight. We do have some uh, viewers from down that side of the world, so exactly. Yeah, for eight. <laughs> knows, knows where his bread is buttered. <laughs> Right. Uh, thank you, to, viewers at home. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the Chiefs next. Uh, last year's contenders. finalists. Chiefs are contending. Contenders. Is is DMAC going to be New Zealand's fly half now? There's nodding. With, with, with Bowden Bowden Barrett. Bowden Barrett's also there, and Reza hasn't ruled oh, out. Bowden Barrett's in Japan, isn't he? 
Nah, yeah, but I think they're making. Season. Yeah, so he will be just like uh, what's his name? Who's the guy that got a red card in the final? Sam, Sam Kane. Kane, Kane and and Audi Sevilla back. And Audi Sevilla is back in the international season. So they okay. they lucky he, he or fortunate in that. In that he season. didn't rule out Richie Mwanga not being called up. He didn't yeah. rule it out. He said. <laughs> so he said, he said fuck the rules, basically. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my boy. <laughs> right, okay, Brumbies. Yeah, bad contenders. Conte- yeah, 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 yeah. Top, yeah. I think that's a, I think that's the semi-finals. Those four teams. Definitely. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I wouldn't come for that. Definitely. Force. <sighs> making up numbers. No, falling short. Nah, yeah. making up numbers. Making up numbers. No, you think so? I think the Reds is making up numbers, Scoop. I think so. Four. Actually, all those teams right there are making up numbers. Even the Highlanders. You think so? <laughs> nah, those four please. teams are I making think, up I numbers. Think, I think the forces. I think the force falls short, or they or they make it into the top eight. I think they there. Yeah, forces forces better than the Rebels at least. Uh, Don't worry, we'll have you guys both on at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have the Reds. Yeah, luckily this is recorded. We can always go back. Yeah, yeah. The Reds, so, Reds, Reds definitely making, making up numbers. Moana making up numbers. Oh, sorry, Moana. We love you. Ireland is battling, battling for eight. Because the Drua can't battle alone for eight. They need, we need to get another team. Highlanders <laughs> are battling for eight. Oh yeah, Highlanders gave in preseason. They gave the Crusaders a hiding. They gave the the, the Hurricanes a hiding, and they gave Moana a hiding. Yeah, in but the Crusaders team was like an under twenty team. Did you see that? Then tell months, then tell months the guys to stop to stop gloating about. <laughs> them, <the> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So there it is, definitive. Your semi-finalists are the Blues, the Crusaders, the Chiefs, and the Brumbies. Making the playoffs, but not making semi-finals are the Hurricanes and the Rotars. Battling for eighth is Drew and Highlanders. Falling short, Rebels and Force. And then making up the numbers is Reds and Moana Pacifica. You heard it here first. Yeah. And the finals at right. Eden Park. The finals at Eden Park and the Blues will win it this year. Ooh. They need to win it, man. They right. have to win it this year. <laughs> That's enough of that. Let's go into some URC. So let's go through this quickly. So I'm going to start. I'm going to talk about my favorite game of the weekend, which is Leinster versus Benetton, or at least my favorite half of the weekend, because the first half of this game was insane. So Leinster played at a thousand miles an hour. It's some of the fastest rugby I've seen this season. But Benetton went with them. Benetton just stood up to them. There were some huge hits going in, absolutely brutal tackles. And it would be Leinster would score and you'd think, oh, OK, here it comes. And then Benetton would go up the other end and score as well. Benetton actually yeah. scored first in this game. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, in the second half, Benetton fell away. I think just Leinster just shattered them. I think they played so fast and such intensity that it came to the final quarter and Benetton just couldn't stick with them anymore. This was, of course, the teams with hedges at their ground derby, which makes it unique in rugby. Uh, it, was a, <laughs> <laughs> it was a first... <laughs> First versus second in the league. Uh, Benetton dropped down to fourth now, but I think they're still going to be okay. And Leinster just Leinstering on. Uh, let's do go down to. Sorry, do, Steve, you, think, do you want to come in? Yeah, yeah. Do you think Benetton are going to last? I think Five Benetton are going to make left. the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've got. I think they've got enough winnable games in their fixtures to get a home semi or home quarter anyway. And they've like twenty players in the Italian squad at the moment. Like, it's mad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you can see the massive difference that makes. But yeah, obviously for Leinster as well. And they got Malakai Fikitua, you know, so they yeah, don't need Umangas 20 players. And Umagas as well. So. And Gallo, so, yeah. their prop, the Argentinian prop, he's a hell of a player. 
Yeah. Is 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 Liner can 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 Liner play for them now? I wasn't sure of that. Liner is signed for them. I think it's playing for this weekend. Quick quick one yeah. guys, quick one. Just just clarify this rule for me for for us people <laughs> ourselves. Please, as I'm struggling to understand it. So, how is it possible that um, pass off with the season, you can transfer to another club in the, and and play in a competition like for, for for another club? Should, is it shouldn't the URC have a window or isn't there a window? Is it just there a free fall? So, if um, people check out our Substack, you will find an article discussing this very thing. Uh, that is why. I, I was so anno- I'm so annoyed with rugby, just rugby in general, because we don't have a window for anything, right? I mean, there is a break where everyone stops playing rugby, which is when during, I think after the after the autumn series, mm. there's maybe a window there, an opportunity, or just before the autumn series in October, there's a window of opportunity where maybe teams can start. Um, trading and obviously teams can start uh, buying players and moving players around you can be in discussions maybe in september roughly and then obviously things can start being official around october by the end of october everything should be finalized and then we go into the next year as well in a 12-month cycle but i mean at the moment it feels like every week there's someone in 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 discussions about moving and some players can move mid-season. Some players can move the last three games of the season, which really doesn't create a bit of stability, to be honest. French teams have started playing, paying transfer fees. So Toulouse paid half a million for Kinghorn to, from Edinburgh to Toulouse. So it's like I agree. Real, I think really Robbie needs a transfer league. window. Yeah, we need a transfer window, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so let's talk the SA derbies then. So Scoop, I'm going to get you first because I haven't heard you. I've heard you ask other people about the balls, but I haven't heard you talk about the balls. <laughs> so I want you to tell uh, me. So putting balls me beat on the Lions. Sport. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I'm very happy with the Blue Bulls. Uh, I'm really happy with their progress. Actually, I mean they're not flashy like your Stormers. Uh, mm-hmm. The Blue Bulls, typical Jake White rugby, uh, grinded out. Um, very patient in their build-up because, I mean, they played a few unknown players in the starting lineup uh, for the first 50, 60 minutes. And then they brought in the more experienced players from the bench. And then you could tell the difference. Uh, as soon as the Lions started falling away in the last quarter of the game, um, the Blue Bulls started finding their magic, started building phases, started threatening the Lions, started poking the Lions with their phase play or interface play because then, because the Lions were just kicking the ball the whole time. I mean, if you look at that game, I think probably once or twice the Lions entered the Bulls 22. Besides that, they every every ball they got, they kicked away. No, Amber must have kicked, I don't know, just double digits, over just over 10 kicks every single time Lions had possession. So yeah, with the Blue Bulls, I'm really happy with their progress. I'm happy with the balance that they have within the backs and the forwards, which is quite important, and the experience that comes within the backs and the forwards as well. few Springboks that are there are helping them with the maturity of and the platform that Jake has set as well. There's a very simple structure. Uh, with Jake White, it's 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 he's just like Rassi, to be honest. Um, he pl- prefers going back to basics. Let's grind it out in the forwards. Backs will finish it off. Get the fastest or the quickest or the most skillful backs 
who can really turn things around at any split uh, of the uh, uh, at any moment of the game. I mean, you look at the likes of Abana, who used to play for Jake White when he was a Springbok coach. Abana could really turn magic uh, for the Springboks, uh, the for Reed Dupriers, for example. But yeah, so I'm really happy with the Blue Bulls, and uh, I think they will really go far within this competition, even if they even if they get a challenge of playing a playoff away from home. I think they could really grind it out and play really Jose Mourinho type of rugby <laughs> football context. <laughs> but yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to, <laughs> the analogy is really tough to make right now, but they can really grind it out and play simple, basic rugby that will definitely frustrate the opposition. I mean, if you look, go back to when they played uh, Le- Leinster away from home and how they grinded out granted out that game because the coaching staff of Leicester probably must have underestimated them and then the Blue Bulls typical Jake White fashion forward play forward dominance and then grind out a win out of nowhere out of nothing but their their biggest Achilles heel at the moment is the Stormers okay so if they can beat the Stormers I think everything will be good for them so, Jay, tell me about the Stormers. There's nothing really new to say about the Sharks this week, so we're going to avoid talking about them this week. <laughs> but, so, Jay, are, are the Stormers back? Because they had a tough... They lift. I don't think they lift. I think they're there. I think the Stormers will be there. I think Leinster, if if you ask Leinster and Leinster supporters, you know, sitting on top of the chain, who, who, what's the game? Who don't they want to play? Where don't they want to end up? They don't want to play the Stormers in Cape Town. I think that's the one game that they sent out. I don't want to go there, but I fancy, you know, I should beat every other team besides the oil. My kid monster again, but I mean, the Stormers is they they a championship team. I mean, they won it before. Um, they were in the final last year, so they'll be there and there about. I mean, they've got a winning culture, and yeah, I mean, if they, for me, it's important this season. If they beat uh, La Rochelle in that um, the in that last 16 game, if they beat La Rochelle and knock La Rochelle, they what's that going to do to that confidence? Because, I mean, there's a few World Cup winners in that team as well that, I mean, they, they'll be scared of no challenge. And if they do that, even if they fall short later on in the tournament, you know, um, they'll, they'll fancy going and, and getting Leinster away, you know, and beating them in the final or so. They'll, they'll fancy their chances, yeah. Yeah, one thing I like about the Storm is now also the, the, the makeup of the squad uh, from this past weekend as well. I mean, a lot of new talent coming through. Players I've never even heard of coming through. I was like, whoa, what is happening here? But the mere fact that they can just slot in and still perform and still grind out a win in Durban, in the humidity, Mm. in front of 31,000 people. I mean, you would think the Sharks would have performed very well because I think now they're starting to make a bit of a few changes within their structures as well. Uh, I think listening to Plumtree about what they're trying to do there, uh, there will be a bit of change, but maybe for next year. But the Stormers, I mean, the fact that they can bring in new talent and they they just slot in there and come up with a win. Perfect. Perfect recipe. Okay, let's get into our club roundup then. So, Ender, do you want to take us through what happened in the women's rugby this weekend? Yep, sure. So in Premiership Women's Rugby, Gloucester Harpery are now on top with 10 wins from 10. And they're just one point shy of a perfect score after beating Sale at the weekend. Do you want to take us to the Celtic Challenge? 
Yeah, so Thunder won again over the same opposition. They won up in Glasgow against Glasgow. First ever away victory for that team. Uh, Edinburgh lost out to Wolfhounds, but that was a very high quality game. It was the two arguably best sides in the league, to be fair. This was round one of the playoffs, which has taken place in Scotland. Uh, and the next playoff round doubleheader will be in Ireland. Uh, so, Ender, do you want to take us through the men's rugby Europe this week? Uh, I'll, actually, I'll start with Georgia versus Spain. Um, Georgia beats Spain. It was a very, it was a very competitive first half, and Spain played some really attractive rugby. But Georgia went to their power game in the uh, in the second half and kind of blew Spain away. They managed to milk two yellow cards out of Spain. And to be fair, Spain fought back and gave them a hell of a game out of it. But in the end, Georgia w- was it was just too much. So congratulations to yeah. them. Um, another uh, news, uh, the Netherlands beat Germany, a very impressive performance. I know you watched that one, Scoop. And Belgium beat Poland, which is great. Two wins out of three for Belgium so far. And Portugal beat Romania with some wonder tries that we'd like to talk about more, but we haven't quite got the time. But uh, if you go on Twitter, there's they've all gone viral. All Portugal's Portugal's tries, they were incredible. Uh, onto the top 14 then, Stade Francais are back top somehow after beating Perpignan. Bordeaux is still third despite losing three of their last four games. Not going well for UBB in the league at the moment, and Toulouse are on a six-match winning streak, having put 60 points on Oyana. Bezier are now top of the. Sorry, go on, mate. Yeah. Isn't Bordeaux supposed to be good and strong this season? What's happening? They've had all their players called up by France and now they're gone and they've got injuries as well. No, but I see. yeah, maybe not the deepest squad, but I'm sure they'll <laughs> be back. The end of the season is what matters in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> anyway, Pro de Deux, Bezier are now top of the uh, Pro de Deux after uh, they got another victory at the weekend. Provence a second after they beat Vaughan in a uh, top of the table clash. But it's still all to play for. There's only two points separating the top three. And down the bottom, Biarritz got a big win over Normandy. And uh, what happened in Japan this week? Honda Heath took another 50-point hammering uh, against Toyota Ritz. While Knights are still on a 100% winning record after beating the Sun Goliath. Then in the Premiership Rugby Cup, we had both semi-finals this past weekend. So Tigers beat Ealing. Uh, in a tense game to make the final, and Gloucester also beat Exeter by three points. In the AAL Division 1A, there were wins for Banla Hinch, Clontarf, uh, Corkan, Terranure, and Young Munster. And after the weekend's action, there are just five points between leaders Clontarf and fourth place Lansdowne. Dublin University are still bottom with just one win so far this season. Then we had the opening round of the Super Rugby Americas tournament. Hugh, how did things go there? Yeah, so we're going to try and follow that while it's on. It's not the easiest competition for us to follow in the UK, but we're going to do our best. So uh, there was a huge upset in this round one. So Brazilian side Cobras, who finished bottom of the log last season, beat the champions Penarol from Uruguay. Uh, I think they were leading at halftime and people were thinking, surely not. They couldn't, could they? And then they did. So congratulations. We're a big fan of Brazilian rugby here on the Pirate Rugby Show. So fantastic. Well done then. For the two Argentinian teams, uh, Dogos hammered American Raptors 56-8 and Pampas beat uh, Paraguayan side Yacare. And then to the Welsh Prem, which feels a long way from Super Rugby Americas, now I'm saying it like that. Flandovery <laughs> uh, roll on, another huge win for them at bottom side. Neath, Kamath and Quinns had multiple senior Scarlets in their team, but fell to lowly Swansea, so a disappointing result there. 
Anyway, uh, Ender, let's wrap up our Super Rugby talk with you telling us how people can watch it in the UK and Ireland this weekend. Yeah, so just like last season, all games are going to be shown live on Sky Sports and they're going to be streamed on now. Last season, they showed almost every single game, so I expect them to do the same this season, like with the opening fixtures coming up this weekend, every game is live. Um, so that's how you can catch those. We will run through the full TV guide for the weekend on Friday, but unfortunately we're out of time uh, tonight, guys. But I just wanted to finish the show by saying a, a massive thank you to both Jade and Fila for coming on. Hope you guys um, enjoyed it and we really appreciate it. Yeah. And plug your new show. <laughs> Jeez, it's not a show. It's not a show. <laughs> It's not a show. So what we'll be doing every Thursday is basically starting up conversations on Twitter. Uh, Basically, anyone can join. We'll be basically talking about all things Super Rugby, everything Super Rugby predictions, what we think, uh, probably who the next big star is going to be. All these other conversations, just maybe a Twitter, nice Twitter thread and see how far we can get with that. But yeah, at the moment, not a show. But uh, if it yeah, if things go well, maybe we might create one, but yeah, there's too many podcasts around, to be honest. So we'll just probably have a slot uh, on Sunday to uh, see it. if we can, yeah, to discuss those Super Rugby results. Looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you All everybody right. for listening. A jam-packed show. Thank you so much to our guests again. Enza, any final words? No, oh, just again, yeah, thanks to the lads. And yeah, looking forward to the next one. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thank you, guys. Cheers, Cheers. Good Bye. evening. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.